So, uh, so getting back to the series we're in right now. So this morning we have a special guest speaker. We have Chris Vinard's going to talk to us about some stuff. So let me lower this for you since Chris never seems to do that. Here we go. Come on up, Chris. Let's welcome Chris up here to the stage. I know uh, Chris left this just for me, how I, how I like it, but I guess Dave's used to not leaving it that way. All right, so uh, who all's been enjoying this series? Uh, half of you. I, I've been enjoying the series, and what we're actually talking about doing is, uh, we actually may use this in our young adults group. Uh, so it, it's real interesting because a lot of what you all do and hear influences others that you don't even know about. Uh, so our young adults, which actually aren't that young, we range from mid-20s to close to 40-ish. So uh, it, you all are influencing a lot more people than what you realize, and we're actually looking forward to doing this series uh, within our group. Uh, so first thing we want to do is uh, let's remind ourselves, what is a heresy? Well, Heresy is a bad idea or false teaching that undercuts the gospel. Uh, And with that, today we will actually be looking at uh, the heresy of modalism. So what is modalism? Uh, Modalism is taught that the three persons of the Trinity as different modes uh, of the Godhead. Adherents believe that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not distinct personalities but different modes of God's self-revelation. Uh, so what does that mean? Basically what it means is that we believe, they believe there's, there's one God that changes his mode or mask, if you will. In one instance, I'm going to wear this mask. In another instance, I'm going to wear this one. Or another instance, I'm going to wear this one. Uh, which is a little bit confusing. And we are talking about the Trinity today, which is already confusing in and of itself. So what we're going to do before we get into modalism is uh, we're going to ask the question, uh, what is the Trinity? And so to actually look at this, I'm going to have us look at uh, the Athanasian Creed, uh, which you can see was written in 500 AD. Uh, This is a topic that has actually been around for millennia, a couple millennia actually now, Modalism first came about, uh, I want to say about 100, the end of 100 AD, beginning of 200 AD. So this is something that's been talked about, argued about, and discussed for for many, many years. Uh, With this, the Athanasian Creed, written in 500, uh, is actually one of the best documents that breaks down the Trinity and tells us what exactly it is and what we are saying when we talk about that. So if you bear with me, it's kind of long. It's going to be hard to grasp at first, but later on we'll go down. We'll try to break it it down a little bit and uh, discuss it in layman's terms. I'll say in my terms, in Chris' terms, we'll say that. So we can understand it easier. All right, so uh, right here, uh, what I'll first point out is when we used the term Catholic back then, it didn't mean the same thing as today. What it meant is the universal Christian faith. So it meant... All of us as Christians, this is what we affirm and this is what we believe. This is us together. So whenever we see that term within this, that's what it means. Uh, So here, 
It's saying, and the Catholic faith, the universal Christian faith, is this, that we worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. Uh, For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Spirit incomprehensible. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, and the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet they are not three eternals, but one eternal. So basically what it's saying on this one is they all share the same attributes uh, in this first section here. So uh, this next section says, As also there are not three incomprehensible, nor three uncreated, but one uncreated, and one incomprehensible. So likewise, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, the Holy Spirit is almighty, and yet they are not three almighties, but one almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and yet they are not three gods, but one God. So likewise, the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord, and yet not three lords, but one Lord. Uh, For as we are compelled by the Christian verity to acknowledge each person by himself to be both God and Lord, so we are also forbidden by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or three lords. So this next part, what is it saying? Is There is only one God. Uh, The next section. Uh, The Father is made of none, neither created nor begotten. The Son is of the Father alone, not made, not created, but begotten. The Holy Spirit is of the Father, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in the Trinity, none is before or after another, none is greater or less than another, but all three persons are co-eternal together and co-equal, so that in all things, as is aforesaid, the unity in Trinity and the Trinity in unity is to be worshipped. Uh, he, therefore, that will be saved must think thus of the Trinity. Uh, so, with that, that is basically, here is the Trinity, and not so of a nutshell. We're going to try and put it in a nutshell later so we can actually easily understand this. Uh, and so with that, well, there's a question. What superhero are we going to use to describe modalism? And use this? So... What the book actually has us using is Ant-Man. And here's the issue with Ant-Man. He's actually four different characters. You got Ant-Man. So this is Hank Pym here, the original Ant-Man. You've got Ant-Man on the left. You've got Giant Man right up top. Next to him uh, is Goliath. And then to the far right is Yellow Jacket. Uh, And so because I'm a little bit of a nerd, I decided to take creative liberties and change the superhero because one, I don't want to give away any kind of spoilers because this is Endgame's opening weekend and I'm, I'm basically like, you give me spoilers and we're going to have a problem. Uh, two, I don't want you guys talking about spoilers at your tables if you talk about uh, Ant-Man or anything. Uh, so I actually changed the superhero. Uh, we are actually going to use Dick Grayson. So who else familiar with Dick Grayson? Man, only, only like handful of y'all. Okay, so here's Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson is the original Robin. Uh, When he's a child, he's Robin. When he's a teenager, he becomes Nightwing, uh, and then 
spoiler alert in the comic books, Bruce Wayne dies. Uh, and so Dick Grayson actually becomes Batman. So this is what we're going to use. So how does this, how does this fit with modalism? Uh, so this is how it fits with modalism, is that we have three different masks that we say God puts on. So modalism and Dick Grayson, and this is why we're going to call it the uh, Dick Grayson-Robin heresy, is that the modalism heresy says that uh, God was the father in the Old Testament. When it came to the Gospels, he switched his mask and became Jesus. So he's Jesus in the Gospels. And then after that, when he needed to be, he switched to the Holy Spirit after Jesus' ascension. And so these are three different masks that he puts on for three different purposes. Uh, so why I picked Dick Grayson is because when he was a child, he was Robin, so he wore that mask. When he was a teenager slash adult and moved to New York, uh, he became Nightwing. And then when Batman Bruce Wayne dies, he comes back to Gotham and decides, well, Gotham needs Batman, so I'm going to put on the Batman mask. So this is the reason why I chose to use uh, Dick Grayson over Ant-Man. One, no spoilers. Two, he just fits better. Uh, and so I took creative liberty. The guy in the book used Ant-Man, but I, I kind of like my idea better. So uh, knowing this heresy here, uh, who practices it? Uh, So what we're going to look at is, uh, from the book, uh, Superheroes Can't Save You, the author Todd Miles, here's what he says about it. He says, the most prominent adherents to this heresy are found in the so-called Jesus-only Oneness Pentecostal movement. Oneness Pentecostals, found, for example, in the United Pentecostals Church International, are convinced that there is only one God, which is good, that's true, but... Uh, but that one God does not exist in three separate and simultaneous persons. Uh, they say, rather, the Son is the Father is the Spirit. A little confusing. Uh, the God who created, that is the Father, is the same God who died for us, taking the form of the Son, and the same God who regenerated believers and leads them day by day, uh, that is the Spirit. So basically what they believe is that, again, it's God three different masks. I'm going to create everything, so I'll be the Father. I'll die for you, so I'll be Jesus. I will regenerate you uh, and convict you, so I will be the Spirit right now. Um, So what we're going to look at now is uh, why is it important for us to have a good and true understanding of the Trinity and to understand why modalism is not correct? Uh, So what we're looking at here is it says that we're doing another quote by Todd Miles here. Uh, It says, what we think about God matters. We have not been told all of the ins and outs of the Trinity. All the three persons do, nor have have we been given an exhaustive guide to how they relate. But we have been told some things. And like all of God's revelation to us, what he has told us is for our good. You can see that in Deuteronomy 29, 29. Uh, So we would do well to pay close attention to what the Bible says about each member of the Trinity and what each of them does. Uh, Then we can be intentional in our thoughts and words to and about God. Uh, So with this, we're going to break it down a little bit more. We're actually going to look at uh, five different affirmations that we have for the Trinity, what we believe about the Trinity, and we're going to put it in a nutshell rather than here, let's look at this whole creed and try to remember this whole creed. So here in a nutshell, uh, we got affirmation number one. 
there is only one God. So if we look at uh, scriptures like Isaiah 45, 5, it says, I am the Lord, and there is no other. There is one God but me. Uh, that's in the Old Testament. It gets reaffirmed in the New Testament by Paul in 1 Corinthians 8, 4. We know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no God but one. So affirmation number one, there is only one God. Uh, affirmation number two, the Father is God. Uh, we see this in Romans 1, 7. It says, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this kind of hits on two areas right here. There's one, there's Jesus Christ, and then there's also God the Father. So this already takes a shot at modalism and says, wait, there's, there's two separate here. Uh, but here's what we're confirm- what we are affirming right here is that the Father is God. Galatians 1, uh, 1, Paul an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. Uh, again, another good verse that goes and shows you there is a difference, but also affirming that uh, the Father is God. Uh, affirmation number three, the Son is God. And what we're going to look at is John 1, verses 1 through 4, verse 14, and verse 18. So verses 1 through 4 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made, and, and that was made. In him is life, and the life was the light of men. So if we just read verses 1 through 4 by themselves, it makes us ask the question, well, who is the word? Well, it's revealed later on in verses 14 and 18. Uh, verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, then we go on to verse 18. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So this is saying here in verse 18, this was Jesus at the Father's side, and he has been revealed to us. Uh, he has been made flesh. He is the word come to us. All right. Uh, affirmation number four. Uh, the Holy Spirit is God. Um, so this, is, this isn't one of those texts that's very, oh yeah, it's comforting, it's nice and everything. Uh, no, it's talking about people lying to God. So Acts 5.3, uh, Acts 5.3-4. through 4, uh, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Uh, okay, first we see the Holy Spirit. He's lying to the Holy Spirit. And it says, to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land. While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Uh, so we can look at this and we can deduct, well, if he's saying you have lied to God, well, who did he say he lied to in the beginning? We go all the way back to the beginning of it. to the Holy Spirit. So we see here, affirmation number four, uh, the Holy Spirit is God. Uh, last affirmation, number five. A little bit of a tongue twister. The Father is not the Son, is not the Spirit. What are we saying? Well, we're saying none of them is each other. Uh, and we look at Matthew three thirteen through 17. This is the baptism of Jesus, and we see that each one of them shows up. And so if all of them show up at one place at one time, how can they 
be somebody who changes their mask. So it's kind of like if we know Dick Grayson right now is Robin and there's Batman and Nightwing showing up, it must mean it's either Bruce Wayne or somebody else showing up here. So this is basically what we're saying here. And in this scene, you've got all three of them showing up. So we know it's not just one person all of a sudden changing because that would be really awkward. It'd be, oh, Jesus, you're in the water all of a sudden, but then all of a sudden you're speaking and then coming down. It's just a lot of work at one time. It's kind of weird. So let's read this real quick, and we'll see how it plays out. Uh, It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to to the Jordan, to John, uh, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven, and a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. So we see. This is all happening simultaneously. As he's coming up the water, there is a dove descending on him, and the heavens open, and the Father speaks. Uh, So we see from this one, well, the Father isn't the Son. The Son isn't the Spirit. The Spirit isn't the Father. The Spirit isn't the Son. So it's like none of these are the other. Uh, And we see that going on right here, that it's got to take a lot of stretching and manipulating the text to say, oh, yeah, it's just one person changing real quick, like Superman running into a phone booth or something like that. Let me change real quick, guys. Uh, So what what does this mean? So there are a couple of other uh, heresies that people will actually pull out of this text I wanted to share with you, because I was talking with somebody a a couple weeks ago, and they asked me about a couple more heresies about the Trinity, and were like, hey, what about this? And I was like, uh, no, but uh, let's let's hit on that a little bit. So here's the question is, Does this mean that there are three different gods? Well, no, that's another heresy, which is polytheism, which is many gods. That that is the belief in or worship of more than one god. And that's not what's going on here either. There isn't more than one god. Uh, Next question, are the Father, Son, and Spirit each part of God, and when they come together, make God? So are they each like a third of God? Well, no, that's another heresy called partialism where it means the Father, Son, and Spirit together are components of one God. Uh, And this led people to believe that each of the persons of the Trinity is only part of God, only becoming fully God when they come together. Uh, So there's another Trinity group that actually goes along with this heresy, um, which is actually this uh, DC Trinity, which uh, is kind of like, here's a comic series called Trinity at DC Comics, and they say the Trinity is uh, Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Well, this Trinity here is basically polytheism. It's three different people who create a Trinity. Or you could say each one of them is a third of this Trinity, and they come together and they form the Trinity. That's polytheism. So this, again, is another heresy as far as the Trinity goes. Uh, It kind of goes along with this, and I thought I'd just throw that in there because, I mean, I like comics, and figured I could throw it in there. Uh, So with that, what are the answers to polytheism and partialism? Uh, What verses can we go to, or what can we find that say, hey, these these aren't true? So 
uh, we looked at this one already. Isaiah 45, 5 uh, says, I am the Lord. There is no other besides me. Uh, there is no one God. So it's just him. It's just one God uh, existing in three. So, and then these other verses here, uh, you all can write those down. I just put them down there for the sake of time because I am known to go well over time and talk way too much. Um, so if you want to see that the Father is fully God, you can look at 1 Corinthians 8, 6. Jesus is fully God, that's Colossians 2, 9. And the Spirit is fully God, that's Acts 5, 3 through 4. Um, and with that, I've actually got uh, one more picture here. This is actually a diagram that's really good. Uh, that kind of explains it and puts it in a, a picture sense that we can understand, okay, what is the Trinity? What are we actually looking at? Well, we look at the top, there's the Father. Go down, it says the Father is God. Look to the left, there's the Son. The Son is God. Look to the right, the Spirit is God. But none of them are the other. So the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. Uh, so with that, we know the Trinity is a very confusing subject and topic and the heresy of modalism is also very confusing because it makes it easy. It's, it's like an easy way of explaining something. It's almost like explaining, uh, we want to explain the Trinity with water. We'll say, okay, the Trinity is like water. He can become ice and steam. Well, that doesn't really work because not all three are one. So honestly, the example of water, ice, and steam is more like proves modalism. It doesn't prove what the Trinity actually is. Um, it's interesting because he brings this up in his book, and he's basically like, well, you may have some of those science nerds in school, and they're like, well, if you have it at this degree Kelvin and this degree whatever and perfect lab setting, then you can have it all, like, it's all going to work out, and you're going to have all three existing at once. That's perfect conditions, and that's really rare. And so what we're saying about the Trinity is that this always is, always has been, and always will be this way. And so when we try to use water or ice or steam to explain it, yeah, it's not going to happen because it's only specific conditions that it happens that way. Uh, so with that, we've got discussion questions at each of your tables. Down at the bottom of the page, uh, I gave you what's called a uh, take-home homework. Obviously, we don't have enough pages for you all to take these home. But I know most of you have smartphones, so either take a picture of it and look at it. What we're going to be looking at is uh, in Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 14. And in this passage here, it actually talks about each specific person within the Trinity and the job that they do. Uh, so look at that, think about it, meditate on it, because this is something that's actually really difficult and things that I mean, this is a 2,000-year-old topic that we've been discussing. And for me, trying to talk about it within 30 minutes, yeah, it's not going to really cut it all. And so uh, with that, uh, take a look at your questions, discuss them, and thank you all.